Welcome to the first ever themed experience television podcast, episode 000001. You might even consider this the pilot, huh, Andy? I would agree. Yeah, definitely a pilot. Hopefully, and hopefully it won't get canceled. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully it'll, be get, it'll get picked up to air. So we have a special <laughs> treat. We had we had a, a behind the scenes discussion with uh, a few members of the creative team from Meow Wolf Convergence Station that's opening September 17th. 2021. I mean, we may have people listening to this podcast in the year 2025. So this is this is today's date. Uh, really exciting show with Justin Martin, uh, Justin Susie, and Laika O'Brien. Yeah, it was a great. It's a great show. We're really excited. Uh, we were really excited to have them on, and uh, it's one of my favorite episodes. And uh, I'm we're very excited to bring it to here to you here in podcast form. Yeah, this is actually a first. And of course, you can join us on YouTube uh, anytime you want to, to f- f- see the whole entire content. But you know what? Today we're in your ears and we're going to be in your ears every week for the next who knows how long. So tune in and enjoy the show. Yeah, like and subscribe, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, and on YouTube. Yeah, so enjoy. Hey, Andy, how you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Well, we're back. We have a, a flagship episode. It is Monday, September 13th. We're back after a couple weeks off. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I finished with a bunch of projects and just sort of relaxing. And it's nice to just, uh, just you know, get up in the morning and not have anything to do for a little while. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, that, I mean, what that's like. Uh, so, uh, you, obviously, you we're going to be ch- chatting with the, several people from uh, the, the new Meow Wolf experience in just a few minutes, Convergence Station. We got a lot of, we have an action-packed episode, so we are going to keep this this front of the episode a little bit quick. But before we dive in, uh, just a couple of, uh, uh, well, at least one fun announcement. Um, well, this is the official first episode of TETV, a show that is going to be broadcasted in podcast form. So there are literally probably dozens of people listening to me right now in the ear in a few days after this broadcast because we are we we are we are we are we are meeting the demand. We've had a lot of requests for this. We've been talking about it for a while. We are going to be simulcasting our footage um, onto in podcast form. So we love people like to listen to things. Uh, we're going to be starting off with our this untitled show, and then slowly but surely we'll add more shows uh, to our little empire. So. Um, more on that a little bit later, but, uh, feel free to t- uh, follow us. Uh, we'll post on our social media where you can start following our podcast and discover us. Um, so we're really excited about that. Yeah, that's great. It's, I'm very excited about that. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people have been asking for it and I think it's a, a great idea. Yeah. And what our plan is, is first off, we're going to, we're going to always have our, uh, whatever the newest show is, we'll be doing that. And then we want to at least every week have an episode available. So we'll probably be going back in the archives and showing some of our some of our first shows and just rebroadcasting out. So it should be every week, probably around Tuesday morning. Uh, you should be able to get that podcast. Um, so super excited about that. Um, it's too bad people won't be able to see us in our early shows because we were so much younger and thinner then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. That is true. <laughs> and your hair was so much shorter. Yeah. So 
we, you know, we, well, we always encourage people to come on YouTube, especially for a show like today, uh, to see our visuals. So if you are listening on podcast, you want to go ahead and find us on uh, YouTube at Themed Experience TV on our channel. Find this episode. You're going to want to watch all the footage we're going to be going through today. But um, podcast will do uh, just for now. Um, so, Andy, you know, uh, over the past couple of weeks, we know there's a lot of haunt experiences that have opened up. Uh, and, and, and would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you know, Halloween season in the themed experience community is is well and truly upon us. I mean, there's no no turning back now. Uh, you know, with uh, Universal Studios Orlando's 30th anniversary uh, Halloween Horror Nights, uh, featuring yours truly in Marathon of Mayhem. All right, which you, which you viewed, you've experienced. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, it's really quite. It's, yeah, I, I experienced the, this weekend, and yeah, that I mean. It was pretty weird being back to uh, Halloween Horror Nights after, you know, I don't know, eight, you know, 20 months away and 22 months, whatever it was. So it was great to have it back. Um, and really, uh, it's it's really quite interesting because they also have Hollow Scream in Orlando, too. So, like, there are so many things that are happening in, in uh, Orlando in general. But your show is fantastic. I know I was, like, live tweeting you or texting you while we, we saw it. It's really cool. It's full of carnage. It's action-packed. We got so much more uh, uh, hot stuff coming up. Uh, I'm also involved in the Screaming Stream again this year. In a really big way, I created the entire audioscape for the entire attraction. Uh, it's a drive-through the drive-through haunt from last year. You remember being out in the swamp. Uh, this year, it's at the yeah. Avita Mall and yeah. opens on September 17th. So get your tickets now. And I, I'm actually going to the test and adjust night tonight. So oh, fantastic! This, yeah. So. You have to live text me that too. I'm curious. Oh. They've warned that it's going to be a lot of start and stops and not really the full show. So, but yeah, I will be doing that. I um, was doing but, notes on the audio yesterday. So, okay, we'll good, see how it turns good. out. So, well, why don't we just so, get to it? Yeah, we're, we have a we have a grand slam show today. We're doing a, ten questions with Meow Wolf Denver. So we have Justin Stucy, who's the associate show manager, Justin Martin, who's an art director and creative director, and Lyco O'Brien, who's the lead experience designer for Meow Wolf. And I want to tell you, buddy, we're, this is an interactive show. Um, if you are listening, not on podcasts, sorry, You're, you, you guys are all locked in. But for those that are watching live right now on YouTube and on Facebook, you can go ahead and comment if you have any questions during the show, and we will definitely throw them up on screen, okay? So this is an interactive show. So why don't we bring everybody on? Ta-da! <laughs> there we go. Hey, everybody. Hello. What's up? Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Yeah, we're it's very fun. we're very happy to have you. Uh, well, why don't we just go around the room a little bit and, and let your, you introduce yourself. So why don't we start with Laika? Cool. Um, my name is Laika Young O'Brien. I'm the lead experience designer for Meow Wolf. And uh, I think I have a couple slides for the intro. There's one of like me with the typewriter. Um, I got I started um, getting into experience design first through uh, doing something that I called poetry busking that an old buddy of mine encouraged me to do. It was writing custom poems for tips on a typewriter. And I really quickly realized that what I needed to do was learn how to ask the right kinds of questions in order to get the juicy content that would go into the poem. And so uh, next slide. This eventually led to me um, making more and more elaborate poems to the point where I was designing custom mystery adventure dates for people that involved things like surprise gondola rides and getting snuck into gardens in San Francisco um, after hours and all sorts of really fun things. Um, and then next slide. 
then eventually started a company called No Sleep Studio that creates what we call waking dreams. So custom interactive and immersive experiences for small audiences. And eventually this led to me um, finding out about Meow Wolf after they opened the House of Eternal Return and in 2019 joining the company to, next slide, work on something outside. It was a narrative scavenger in Santa Fe. And then next slide. I also worked on um, worked with a team of people to bring RFID-enabled technology into our existence so that we can quickly create um, built environment, use your own adventure games within uh, the Vegas and the Denver exhibit. Yeah, so that's me. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, does anybody else have the fancy slides that are in order next? Nope. All right. Over to, over to uh, Justin Martin. Hi, uh, Justin Martin, uh, the art director for uh, Denver Convergence Station. I didn't come as prepared as Leica did, uh, so uh, Leica showing me up here. Um, but prior to coming to uh, Meow Wolf, a little over two years ago now, uh, I started uh, early on as a SCAD student, went there, got my degree in production design, themed entertainment, the whole gamut, um, and then started my journey working for Rethink Leisure and Entertainment for a little while out here in Los Angeles. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and then after that, joined Thinkwell Group. I was there for about two and a half years, worked on a ton of different projects, uh, made my way over to Universal Creative, uh, and worked with uh, the team on Jurassic World, uh, the ride out here in Hollywood. And uh, right at the last minute, uh, you know, my department was folded, uh, more or less, and I was out looking for a new job. Uh, and the lovely people over at Meow Wolf were kind enough to bring me on board as their art director for uh, this insane project that is Convergence Station. Fantastic. Right. I can't wait to hear more about it. I'm so excited. And then, of course, last but not least, other Justin. This is not confusing at all. Justin, <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. Um, yeah, my name is Justin Spicy. I uh, served as associate show manager, one of two, uh, on uh, Project Convergence Station. Originally from Houston, Texas, so I say y'all a lot. Um, my background is in regional theater, opera, um, and then kind of moved into live events. Um, have done everything from, you know, moving race cars from Germany into the Guggenheim Museum in, in New York to putting a swimming pool in Times Square for an Olympic swimmer, just all kinds of crazy things. I love producing weird ideas. And this by far was the weirdest um, and also the coolest. Um, so it's been kind of a full circle thing for me with with not necessarily Meow Wolf, but certainly a Santa Fe con connection. Um, many moons ago, back in 2002, 2003, I, um, I was an apprentice. I got an apprenticeship of the Santa Fe Opera. Um, and at the time, I had no idea about Santa Fe or, or anything like that. So it was kind of my first time outside of Houston, which sort of opened my mind to this idea of exploring um, outside of what I knew. And um, that really just has kind of like set the course for my, for my journey. And um, working on this project has been a highlight. And um, I'm excited to talk about it. Well, you know, we're, we should probably begin at the beginning. Um, so, you know, <laughs> Justin, we, lead, we have a little bit of a, we have a couple clips here, but why don't you give us like a high level story overview before we roll into our first clip? Yeah, so uh, Convergence Station, located in, in, in Denver, Colorado, uh, is a uh, 
interdimensional train station or and the train station is not even the right word but it's a uh, transit station that's going to take you all over the multiverse and it is operated by q dot uh and while you're exploring uh the uh different worlds that have been converged together within uh, our insane white building in the middle of Denver, uh, you kind of learn a little bit of the story, which is uh, that about 25 years ago, uh, there was a free co cosmic event uh, where diff four different worlds of the multiverse uh, were, I'm losing my train of thought here. Sorry, I was getting so sucked into the beautiful building. Let me try that again. Uh, so yeah, 25 years ago, there was a free cosmic uh, event that merged four worlds of the different multiverses, uh, scattering the memories of all residents and causing a mystifying for, uh, forgetting of four women, there we go, uh, that are inter integrally tied to the moment. Man, we're gonna get better as this goes, I promise. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the gist of it, is that you know, you, uh, it's a, a, uh, a wild mystery for you to kind of uncover uh, as you explore these four beautiful worlds. Okay, so I want to give a disclaimer right now. Um, we are going to be showing footage from the inside of this experience. So if you do not want to see this, um, we, are, we are not going to be a hold you against you. I think Andy's going to be averting his gaze as well. So we are going to be showing footage inside the experience, um, starting with the conversation. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take care of that, CJ. All right, here we go. So we, uh, so that was the first clip, and I just want to say welcome back to those who are listening on the podcast. You may have fallen asleep during that soothing music, um, but uh, that was obviously that looks incredible. And we are, we have another clip that's very uh, to show more and more of the experience later on in the show. Um, but you know, any commentary uh, the Justins are like about that? I, I think um, the one thing I should have actually even mentioned in the story real quick is that uh, you the four world names are uh, C Street, uh, Ossuary, Emia, and Numina. I think we'll get into those a little bit later, but uh, as you kind of start hearing those uh, names, you'll maybe start to be able to pull together some of the imagery. 
Okay. Just feeling so uh, overjoyed looking at that footage, which is funny because I've spent like the last month and a half in the exhibit. You'd think I'd be over it by now. Um, But just feeling such a welling up of pride of how many different creatives came together, both from within Meow Wolf and in the city of Denver, and how it truly is a convergence of thoughts and ideas and and passion that um, is required to make something like this. It, It is really beautiful. Beautiful. Other Justin? Yeah, um, I just to second that with with convergence, um, convergence and uh, this idea of collaboration and coming together, um, you know, as a theme within the exhibit, but also within uh, the ethos of the company of Meow Wolf, within the way that uh, we worked together to uh, to create it. Um, and it really is an extension of that idea in three dimensional physical form. So uh, it's, it's super dope. And uh, we're excited to share it with the world. Y'all check it out. All right, super dope. All right, so let's we're gonna go through our 10 questions. Once again, we, we actually have a couple questions have come in from James. We'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, if anybody else has any questions, go ahead and write them in the comments section. We'll get to as many as we can. But you know, let's go ahead and start off right off the bat. So obviously this is an incredibly unique and complex concept. So where did this concept come from and what were the main factors that influenced you to choose convergent station as the overall story structure? Who's gonna take this one? I can't take it, so it has to be one of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I can I can start, certainly. I think that something that um, Meow Wolf does that is incredibly delightful is take things that are kind of commonplace or standard and then, you know, throw in a magical dimension-bending twist to it. So for the House of Eternal Return, we have a family home. For Omega Mart, we have a grocery store. And then here with Convergence Station, we have a, um, a quantum transit station. And so... Um, that is always kind of a baseline of what we're doing, trying to take things that are very familiar and uh, and bring magic to them. Um, you know, throw in portals and create the ability for an elevator to be a, a quantum transit line so that that kind of magic and wonder and mystery can come back with people into their everyday environments. And then as far as the storyline of Convergent Station, it's, it's a little bit difficult to describe how it all came to be because, again, it really is a convergence of so many different things like there are some ideas that are in the exhibit that are more than a decade old you know that some of the artists who are part of the project have been fostering and creating in different ways for a really really long time and then there are some ideas that that came along recently uh, but the idea of interdimensional travel is always uh, something that has been really close to Yow's heart and so the idea of doing a transit station felt pretty natural well sort of like a follow-up to that is is what was the process of deciding on that final theme for the installation? Um, you know, I'm not actually sure. I, I, don't, I was a part of the company when the moment came of this is what we're doing. By the time um, I arrived about three years ago, the concept of Convergent Station had already been underway for several years. Um, but wow. I can speak a little bit to how um, the development of the story has changed over time. There, again, are so many different factors coming together. Um, for example, when Meow Wolf was first um, deciding that Sun Valley was going to be the home 
home for this exhibit, there were a number of different discovery sessions that were held with members of the Sun Valley community that um, had a really big influence on where uh, where the story goes. We'll see in one of the video clips later, there's a bus that says Sun Valley on it that um, is part of the narrative. And so as much as possible, we love for our exhibits to be in conversation with the communities that they're built into. So there were a lot of seeds that came from that. There were a lot of seeds that came from artists who had been part of Meow Wolf for a long time. Um, and then something that I find really fascinating about this exhibit is more than, um, than anywhere before, we were really thinking about how the story could be experienced through different means. So um, there's something called a Q-Pass that is an optional part of the Convergence Station experience if our guests are interested in it. It's a little RFID enabled card that gives you access to the Convergence Exchange, which is a network um, by which the citizens of Convergence are able to share and trade uh, memories with one another. And so there's a whole um, there's a whole journey that you can go on through uh, this exhibit by interacting with the card where you're able to um, learn about characters, learn about the worlds that you're in. I won't go too deep into that so you can discover it for yourself, but more than in any prior exhibit, we were really thinking about how our participants can be um, an active member of the world that they're in um, can have as much agency as possible. Um, you know, I think another amazing thing about working at Meow Wolf is there are multiple exhibits that we could could make out of all of the stuff that didn't get into the exhibit that's about to open. And so there's so much more to come with this journey of being able to build kind of choose your own adventure games within the exhibits. But I love the way that um, that this experience also influenced how we were thinking about character development and, and plot points and all that sort of stuff. Uh, that was one of my favorite things about Omega Mart was the Boop It uh, yes. card. Yeah. Uh, I literally, no joke, spent hours, <laughs> hours going through every terminal, every card. screen upstairs in, in the corporate office. Uh, I was one of those people that was sitting there just going through all the filing cabinets Yay. and everything. But like the Boop It card it was was so great. Just Just Boop It. Yay, I'm so glad you did that, Andy. That makes me so happy. <laughs> okay. and, and I, I feel, I feel yeah. like I didn't even scratch the surface. I'm going back in a, in a few weeks, and like I'm just like going to saddle up and just be like, booping it, booping it, booping oh, it. Well, I really hope to hear your feedback. I mean, it's something that is a really big conversation for us at Meow Wolf because, of course, like the, the art and the built environment and, and the narrative clues is so much of where we come from as a company. And so there's really a desire to not lose that and to not lose the handmade nature of so much of what you find at the House of Eternal Return. But at the same time, time um, in Santa Fe, guests can be aware of the exhibit, but the exhibit can't totally be aware of guests back. And that's part of what we're really aiming for is using technology to enable the exhibit to, to know where you've been, what you've done, what you're into. And this is really just the beginning of us using these forms of technology, but it's incredibly exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I even expected, you know, um, you know, when I, I was halfway through my experience when somebody handed me a boopy card. I'm like, What's this? Yeah. I just <laughs> and then that just opened up this whole new world to me. It was so great. I, one of our uh, one of our viewers has a question. Let's see if we can put that up. How has the experience of interacting with the spaces changed across the three Meow Wolf locations, and how do the three fit together today? I think we kind of started talking about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I can speak more to this, but either of the Justins or either of you want to take the floor? Oops. 
Yeah, I feel like this is right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, so, you know, in the House of Eternal Return, we don't have that kind of RFID-enabled technology, and there's lots of narrative materials. There's journals from characters, and there's little games that you can play. There are some rooms that are a little bit more like an escape room, where there's a particular puzzle that you can solve in order to make something cool happen in the environment around you, um, or for you to more deeply understand something that's going on narratively. And then, um, you know, as we've seen the Vegas exhibit open, and then now Convergence Station open, it's really interesting interesting to watch how the company evolves. You know, as we are creating these bigger, higher trafficked exhibits, um, there are things that we need to do in terms of like, uh, it's a lot harder to have pieces of paper when you have, uh, you know, that are part of the, your clue system when you have a five-story building and there's thousands of people that are coming through every day um, as compared to the numbers that we see at House of Eternal Return, just because it's smaller. So the Vegas exhibit, which opened in February of this year, was the first time that we use the RFID-enabled technology. Um, and they're compared to House of Eternal Return, I would say we have... Um, well, still a ton of narrative materials. There's awesome like characters' desks and you can rummage through their stuff. And now there are computers where you can read their emails. There's so much more of that. And um, because Omega Mart is themed around um, like uh, corporate relationship uh, and how that interferes with our relationship to the natural world, um, the experience there is themed around joining the Omega Mart workforce and kind of rising through the ranks and maybe being able to take an alternate um, path and mess with the company while you're there. And so that one was very like levels oriented, goal oriented. We had location specific active activations where you had to go to one device to earn that badge to be able to level up. And then the Denver exhibit, which is so much more about um, exploration of memory and memory that's been lost and re-piecing those memories in order to understand who we are. That one's less um, goal oriented in that like check all of the boxes kind of way and is more about narratively piecing together all of these different things. And so all the stuff that I just described is still only like one fragment of how you can possibly interact with the exhibit because there are just as many ways to explore as there are people that come. Um, but in terms of how we're thinking about the different kinds of experiences and ways to engage, those are some of the, the key ways that I would say it's changed across the exhibits. That's great. So before we move on to the next, well, we have another question we want to ask. Um, so uh, it, so we had James Wallman, uh, if I pronounce your name incorrect, or name incorrect, I apologize. Who's asked, is it like an escape room? Question mark. Um, it's not just wandering around the rooms. There's a real journey challenge game to be played. Uh, just so he, has, he, you know, James has that answer for you. You know, do you want to touch on that? Yeah. Kind of it a little bit. Totally. Thanks so much for the question, James. I'm so glad to know you're out here watching. And thanks for everything you're doing with uh, WXO. Oh, you know, okay, you know James, great. <laughs> yeah, we, we've chatted in the interweb once upon a time. Uh, but yeah, um, I would say that it both is and is not like an escape room. Um, we don't want you to escape necessarily. We want you to have a really delightful time being lost and immersed in the worlds that we've created. Um, I would say that it it is not, we haven't created a lot of things that are quite as puzzly. Like there are so many different, different aspects of it. There are... Um, a handful of places where there's like, you know, a room that you're in and there's a certain activation in that room that feels a little bit more like an escape room. But on the whole, I would say that it, it is different than that and that it is more about um, collecting these different pieces of narrative, like these different vignettes from across the exhibit in order to piece together your own understanding. Like we, all, we like to um, talk on the story experience team about 
um, how when you see like a little fairy ring of mushrooms, like you see all of these mushrooms on the surface of the grass or, you know, wherever you are. But really, um, the, most of what's going on with that organism is like the mycelial network that's connecting all of those pieces together. The real magic and the real information that's happening is not what's visible on the surface. So what we do as a company is we plant all these little mushrooms, like all these little installations and the things that are there on the surface. But then the true magic of what's happening is the way that people are piecing together their understanding of the story world for themselves. That's great. Well, all right. So that, that, I hope you got your answer there, James. If you have any other questions, everybody, please go ahead and chime in. So, you know, uh, Justin, I've known you for a long time, probably since we met in Orlando many, many, many years ago. You're, I think you were still at SCAD at the time. Uh, now you're, you know, you're, you're really, you hit it the big time. Meow Wolf, right? That's fantastic. <laughs> um, and, you know, you have many accolades with, with Universal and, and all those other uh, places you work. So, I mean, the, the question is, is, you know, what, what kind of training or past experience has helped you be successful while developing the Convergence Station? It's quite, quite a unique project being the lead art director. That's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's still crazy that they let me do it, honestly. Um, but really, a lot of the the, the past training has come through. Uh, I look back at the last really five years, really since graduation to uh, it's a little bit not longer now, but to opening day, which is this Friday, um, is insane. Uh, having you know, the path is not the same for everybody, obviously. Um, but I really, when I look back, I look at like, oh, each of these moments had you know a particular. Uh, effect on my my training and my uh, just really gaining the skills to get to where I needed to be today. Uh, I look back at a couple instances. One most recently was working on Jurassic World out here in Hollywood. Uh, that was my first time really ever being on site. So being able to go there, uh, kind of just like get thrown into the fire. It was a crazy like nine month project. I believe we, we turned the, the entire overlay around on. Uh, and so we went from you know, all right, you're hired, you're welcome to the team. Now, you know, get the heck out there and, and, and start figuring some stuff out. So just being thrown out onto the field, learning to deal with vendors, contractors, uh, you know, different departments, different uh, needs uh, for the for the project was, you know, uh, terrifying, but also immensely helpful to the process. Uh, just learning how it is to be out there on the field. Uh, and that obviously ended up being really beneficial to me uh, once we hit uh, boots on the ground back last August or so when we really hit full force uh, installing this project. And then prior to that, uh, my first like real dive into uh, creative direction or art direction was it's almost been, I think, about four or five years now. I was working at Thinkwell, uh, went into work on a Monday morning and they asked, hey, we have a project in China you want to go out for a few months uh, and, and art direct and creative direct. And next thing I knew that Friday, I was out on a plane headed to China for three months. Uh, so while I was out there, it was, you know, dealing a with people with a, you know, a whole different language barrier. That was, uh, you know, just one thing to try to figure out to begin with. Um, but then after that, it was, all right, well, now how do I lead a team? Like, this is the first time really professionally leading a team. We've got a insane amount of artists and designers and fabricators and storytellers and just every, you know, if, uh, any kind of job possible, Meow Wolf has somebody that is phenomenal at it. Uh, so now basically, how do we go into this project that we're going to build this immersive experience and then handle all of these different people uh, and, and all of their ideas, their, you know, their, their emotions that are attached to, to the project? Um, how do we handle all of those things? So those are really the two big past experiences that I learned that were beneficial to be able to, you know, both manage uh, and pull the best out of people so we could get the best product. And I think the video shows it's a, it's a pretty crazy looking thing. Um, but then also being able to just know and, and, and 
jump out into the field, like just on a personal note, I was like, that's a scary thing to do. So to kind of go out there and, and work, Justin and I worked uh, quite a bit out there in, in the field, and being able to just have those conversations that needed to be had uh, to get this thing done, um, you know, all those little steps along the way, you know, are the reason that, you know, I was lucky enough to be here today, really. That's great. Well, I want to ask Justin, other Justin, the same question. Before I do that, can you tell us the main difference between working with dinosaurs and local artists? You know, <laughs> no comment, I guess. No, they're both great. They're both uh, terrifying and passionate, and they are going to, you know, they're, they're going to get the best thing done for it. Tiny arms, also. Yeah, tiny arms, though. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Few less teeth than the artist, but... Uh, but no, same incredible uh, uh, beast to uh, be reckoning with. Justin, <laughs> yeah. Stacey, how about you? What what past experience kind of helped you be successful with developing Convergence Station? Um, you know, uh, creating the never before doesn't come with a handbook. So really, all you have is your experiences that you bring with you, um, your your instinct and your desire to learn. Um, so, you know, for me, it, it kind of, I always lean heavily on my, on my background in theater, which, um, theater teaches you process. It teaches you collaboration. Um, it teaches you from a design standpoint, composition to ask questions. Um, and so, yeah, that's a picture from, from Santa Fe back in 2002. Um, so it, for me, it just kind of turned into, it, it, it was, it's been using, I've been using everything. So, um, you know, during the pandemic, before I got hired at Meow Wolf, I was doing a lot of studying. And it was everything from architecture to, um, you know, immersive theater um, to, you know, uh, technology, you know, what's, what's happening in, in technology. Um, and so it's kind of all of those things kind of came together with the 24 projects that I supported. Um, so within, within my role specifically, um, I was on a team of three other individuals. Um, hands down the most amazing group of people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with to this day. And, I, and that's an amazing thing for me to say publicly, because um, I've worked with a lot of incredible people. But um, Giselle Sanchez, Matthew Bradley, Annie Geimer, um, those three human beings um, really proved to me, showed to me what it meant to be a part of Meow Wolf and a part of the collaborative creation process. Um, and, you know, again, when you're creating the never before, you really have to rely on everything and relying on the team and staying inspired um, and supporting the family and being a part of the family is, is a big piece of that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it's really just kind of using everything around you and knowing that you can't do it by yourself and you shouldn't do it by yourself. It's more fun when you have your friends with you. No, that's, that's always great when you're you know, you feel like it's camaraderies on the set or on side and everyone's going great. Love it. Um, and, you know, you're, in the, you're in the trenches. That's always difficult. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so, like a question to you. So, is there any skills or knowledge of any kind that you wish you would have had beforehand? You, you know, getting roped into these crazy people's projects. No, no one's crazy, but you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, we're all we're all crazy here. Um, I would say, you know, thinking about the question that that. Justin and Justin were just answering of, you know, what, what prepared us to do this. I, I think that Meow Wolf is particularly unique in that we have some um, 
absolutely world-class artists. Like pretty much everyone who works here is a complete subject matter expert in their field. And a lot of people have multiple fields and an amazing spectrum of skills within the space between those fields. It really is mind boggling. But also the thing that we are doing, um, while there are certainly amazing examples um, from theater, from other themed entertainment, it does still feel um, like it is, you know, cutting, uh, cutting many edges all at once. And so I love both having this foundation of incredible um, institutional knowledge. Like there are people at Meow Wolf who have run university departments and and they're who that still run their own companies while continuing to make art for Meow Wolf. It's amazing. Um, and so I love both the combination of all of this knowledge and the sort of wide open wonder um, of, of the frontier of making art. And so when I think about myself and how I came into, into the company and both the things that I knew and that I didn't knew, I, I didn't know, I honestly have no regrets whatsoever. Um, for every place where I was doing something for the first time, I feel so fortunate to have been both supported by these amazing, brilliant people, but also given the space to not have an understanding of like, this is the way it's done in this industry um, in order to really have that freedom and diversity of thought. I, I don't think that Meow Wolf would be able to do what we do if we had been coming from a place of like, this is the way that it's been done for millennia. I think that it's only with those kinds of open boundaries that um, that we can be capable of this. And the one other thing I would add is that um, what has become increasingly clear to me over the last few years of being here is that working at Meow Wolf is kind of like a long form meditation. Like there, because we're pushing so many boundaries at once, there, it's often kind of chaotic. Like we're working on so many different projects, especially through the pandemic, working on multiple exhibits that launch within the same year. And so I've been really focusing on the relationships between people as being the art project. Like what if our relationship with each other is the real art project that we're working on? working on? And what if the medium in which we work is not actually built environments, it's interpersonal connection with one another. Um, and what I've been finding on my team is that the more that we focus on that, the more everything else falls into line, because people are already so good at what they do naturally, that if we just focus on how we show up for each other, and if we think about the experience design of how we do our work with each other from start to finish, that everything else is more um, beautiful and joyful along the way. I can't tell you how much I wish every project that I've worked on was approached from that perspective right. <laughs> with, you know, yeah. fostering relationships and, and making everybody feel welcome and valued rather than just being a checkbox or worse. Totally. Well, and honestly, like to be completely frank, that came for me from a place of last year, like feeling so much pressure from deadlines and everything and recognizing that I was personally getting to a place of showing up with less generosity in my meetings with my team. And I was like, wait, what do I care about? Like if we make it to the opening of the Denver exhibit and we're, we don't like each other, like we've completely failed. Like these are some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. And if we can just prioritize the relationship than all of the good art like we don't even have to worry about it it's just going to happen yeah so many times or not so many times but there have been times before where where by the time i get on site for integration we already all hate each other <laughs> <laughs> but now we have to live together yeah. in china exactly um um, uh, we could talk about integration being like waging war all day, but uh, what I'd love to hear is 
from each of you. What does what does your day to day at Meow Wolf look like or looked like? And, you know, both before integration, you know, on site and and during integration, because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it's very different from when you're not installing from when you are not installing. Yeah, uh, I'll go first on that one, I guess. Um, really, I think, man, I could be wrong on this, uh, but I might have the most drastic of the before install and, and during install. Um, but when I came on board about, uh, like I said, about two and a half years ago, uh, it was, it, we like like I had said earlier, you know, we the idea of Convergence Station had been around for quite some time, uh, and now we we're really going to finalize what this thing looks like. Uh, so really a lot of my time on the project early on about the first year or so was really taking uh, our design team and working with uh, our creative directors and just figuring out all the designs. What does uh, City Street look like? What does Numina look like? What does Osware look like? All these places we've got uh, a, a, just a boatload of rooms that need to be filled uh, with incredible art. So how do we go about that? So through the use of 3D models, sketches, uh, you know, beautiful renderings, uh, sound design, uh, projection mapping, uh, animatronic design, all of this stuff, working with that team to like, let's figure, let's, let's put it all together. Let's see how it all looks. Uh, and then about a year ago, last August, uh, we moved up into the field. Myself, uh, my incredible team of uh, Justin was down there, Jessica Morrison, uh, Adam Rosen and Greg Ballinger, uh, a couple of my uh, field art directors, we worked with our vendors uh, to pull together these spaces. So then the day-to-day -day became, from, uh, instead of it being a, a nine to six, it became a, a 6.30 a.m. to almost you know four or five o'clock at night. Um, overseeing the different vendors making sure that we're hitting you know the marks that we need to hit to get everything to look like we had designed you know a year and a half prior uh so making sure that the you know the paint is is properly you know uh is the right colors that we picked out um it really you know we have these incredibly massive art direction books that basically was our bible of the story and the design so you know we have uh the uh, laundriani which is our uh our our religion to cleanliness that is uh, on C Street. Um, and it's this very like clean uh, retro uh, laundry room, but it has a very stylized look to it. Uh, and we wanted to make sure we knew exactly what the story points were and exactly how we needed to look through its physical finished uh, environment. So that way we, you know, when, you know, Leica's team came through with the story and everything that it, it hit those marks. We wanted you to feel like you were in a specific place. Um, Really, we took that every day uh, until about know, June or so, June, July, probably, I would say, uh, when we were kind of wrapping up on the install portion of things and turning stuff over to our to our ops team. That's awesome. I mean, and, and with 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 this and I think Omega Mart, I think one of the differences between these two installations and and House of Eternal Return, as far as I understand, is that like um, you went through a more traditional sort of architectural theme entertainment sort of design and, and development process with like show set designs and, and like, you know, engineering drawings and stuff like that. Whereas I think the first installation was kind of just more ad hoc. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the first one was definitely like, you know, uh, the the team that pulled that together was pulling, you know, coins out of out of cushions to try to find money to add more things to the House of Eternal Return. For us here, we definitely came in with that plan. We were working very closely with our vendors to like, you know, make sure, all right, hey, how do you, you know, a, a traditional theme park project, you don't always want maybe, you know, curved walls or wonky looking dimensions or paint that is going to get, you know, 
stripped halfway through the process, whatever it could be, like whatever that that thing that is making that space in the exhibit a meow wolf feeling place, if that makes any sense. So with all of that, we kind of, you know, had to work with uh, the, the companies that have done incredible professional work that uh, everybody has seen out in the theme parks and museum world, um, but then also working with our in-house team. So, uh, you know, this is for the a quick story for this one. Uh, we had our one of our vendors uh, pull together the basic framework and the initial, you know, uh, uh, skeleton really of this book uh, cave, I guess is the best way to put it within our within our library. Uh, and myself and my other art director, Greg uh, Ballinger, we found somebody on eBay that was selling, uh, I think it was like 4,000 books. We rented a truck, went to their front yard, dumped them all in, and it took almost all day to do. We brought oh them God. back and started assembling. Um, and so there's a level of like that still ad hoc kind of feel to it where we are still pulling this together, just like who's got some free time to go rent a truck. Um, but then also, you know, leaning on on the, you know, more traditional, quote unquote, uh, ways of design in the in the sense of a themed entertainment project. Um, well, just Justin, Susie, I think you can speak to that. I'd like to hear what yeah. you were you mentioning about uh, supporting and collaborating with the individual artists uh, to accomplish some of these uh, incredible installations. Yeah, so um, the, the role of show managers on, on the project um, is, is exactly to do that. It's, it's to support art, artists to help bring their, their ideas and their vision to life. Um, and I guess just to kind of clarify what a show manager is, um, it's, it's something, it's a hybrid of a, of a producer, production manager, um, project manager, um, and support individual person who loves on the team and kind of helps to kind of keep things going. So, um, you know, as in, and in my role, I, I supported um, Giselle Sanchez, who was the, the lead show manager, this incredible um, magical human being who has done the unthinkable. And essentially uh, the way that we worked with the artists was um, we would kind of get an idea of where the the build uh, process was for the, for the project. So um, we came into the space before there were walls in, but of course our artists needed to have walls and they needed to, you know, help know like what are the exact dimensions of the floor because, you know, things in, in the three dimensional plans uh, never are exactly as they are in, in the real world. So a lot of, a lot of our work was um, sort of getting information uh, from the different trades and from um, through the process, uh, distilling that information in such a way that um, a variety of artists, be it um, emerging artists or individuals who are seasoned doing, you know, public art, that all of them can sort of like understand where we are, um, understand how they can make their own plans because they work in the ways that they do um, and uh, to really set them up for success. Um, so, you know, I think there's a couple of a couple of pictures here of um, uh, of some of the collaborating artists that I'd I'd love to share, just so I can talk about them because it's it's so amazing. Um, you know, we had artists uh, um, that are really well renowned here in Colorado and and around the country. Jaime and Pedro did a, an incredible piece called Thought Canopy, um, and their artwork is all over all over Denver. Um, this is uh, Molina Speaks here. Um, we had a, a famous Chicano artist, uh, lead artist who came in and uh, painted these beautiful murals, free painted. You know, a lot of times artists will uh, come in, you know, they'll, they'll draw their, their artwork and then they'll put it on a cell and they'll project it up um, and then they'll paint into it. This particular artist, um, Stefan Buserno, um, uh, hand drew with a pencil to scale and then painted in. It was really, really marvelous. 
to uh, watch this space come to life, as well as sort of get a deeper understanding of the story uh, and how it tied into the greater narrative of, of the exhibition. Um, next slide, if you want to pop to it. Uh, I love talking about their artwork. Um, yeah, so this is Kaylin Heffernan and Greg Zambina, um, Wheelchair Space Kitchen. This piece was is killer. Um, you know, it, you know, there's without getting too far into it, you know, there's a lot of people who who say, you know, this is just themed entertainment or this is whatever. This to me really proves the fact that this is art and that it is beautiful. It, it is communicating a message. And the more that you look at it, the more that you, you get a deeper understanding of the questions that the artist is challenging the viewers with, as well as experiencing um, the magic of, of their imagination. Uh, definitely a space to check out. Um, next slide. Got another one there. Yeah, so this is um, Mongolu Temple. Um, we we uh, collaborated with a, a group of Mongolian artists here. There's actually a really big Mongolian community in Denver um, who came up with this killer concept um, and created all of these masks uh, through these molds. Um, just a really spectacular space. And one of the one of the most amazing parts about about Denver or about the Denver exhibition and Meow Wolf in general is just. It's, it's the commitment to community and it's the commitment to the work really sort of reflecting the people in the community, the stories of the community, um, the people who work for Meow Wolf. Um, and this is just one of those, one of the many examples of, of that. Um, and I think that last slide, yeah, this is Jaime and Pedro's work, Thought Canopy, which their stuff is everywhere. Um, they actually just got their artwork on the life water bottle. Um, and uh, it just, it's so uplifting and beautiful uh, so yeah, so the, the team of uh, Giselle, Matthew and Annie, we, we worked with, um, with all these artists to interpret their ideas, um, you know, explore the materiality, the, the adjustments that needed to happen, you know, so that, you know, it was to code. And for a lot of the artists, um, you know, they worked with materials through this process that they'd never worked before. So it not only was a learning process for, for the core team, for the four of us, um, and sort of understanding how we work together. Oh, that's them. Hey, family. Um, but it also was a, a really a great challenge for the artists to expand their capabilities and their skills. And um, the entire thing was just a convergence of, of knowledge and uh, experiences. And so management is, um, was, was really integral and in, in pushing, pushing the artwork forward and ensuring that the artist's vision uh, was brought to life. Well, I think I think a lot of people. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh no, please. I think a lot of people don't realize the complexity of uh, theme experiences. You know, I always, uh, you know, when people ask me what it's like working in this industry, it's like it's like I liken it to it's the complexity of aerospace, but <laughs> to make you feel emotions. You know, you're creating machines like Convergent Station, not to go to the moon, but to send your emotions to the moon. You know, and Aww. and I think that that. One of the things that I love about this business in this industry is the complex, the sheer complexity of it, and all the moving parts, and all the, the different jobs that no one knows about, no one thinks about uh, until we talk about them in forums like this. You know, they all come together to to create these incredible experiences, and it's that that's just so magical to me. And like I've been doing this for twenty five years, and and I, the magic is never lost. Mm, beautifully put, Andy. 
I definitely want to send my emotions to the moon. We have a user que- uh, viewer question that came in. Um, so it's, do each of you, uh, oops, I clicked the wrong button. Do each of you have a favorite space or area from any of your locations? And you know, basically, is there something that you're most proud of? So um, we're going to go ahead and, and show more footage of, uh, of the Convergence Station. So this is your spoiler warning if you are watching on YouTube or on our many channels. If you're on listening on the podcast, just go ahead and take a quick nap. Um, so for all of you, uh, go ahead and think about it a little bit. And we want to get your answer right after this, uh, this B-roll, okay? Go ahead and uh, hit it, CJ. There you go. Wow. How does it feel seeing that? <laughs> Amazing. I, yeah. A sense of relief, but also like a lot of pride. <laughs> There's that oh. shot of this, this city, city street there that sort of uh, reminds me of the Anatano warehouse in Kawasaki, that uh, arcade based on Kowloon Walled City. Yeah. I'm sure. sure that, that felt like an inspiration to that. <laughs> no, a little bit, definitely. <laughs> Laika, why don't we go to you first? Uh, so what, what what space are you more most proud of? Yeah, um, so the space that I'm most proud of, I think we have a photo of it too. Yeah. So this is Numina, um, and Numina is you know both a space in the exhibit and also a, a six-dimensional being. So this room that you're seeing is also a creature and a character in the story. Um, and I didn't make anything at all that you see here. My pride purely comes from um, the sheer... Uh, like depth of collaboration that comes, um, you know, the number of artists that had to to create this room is really just mind boggling. And I love thinking about how it's like the story and the built environment co-influence each other and, and people from different teams also influence, you know, what's gonna be built and what the story is going to be. And then sound and lighting and tech, like bring all of that to life. Like they, the, the sound design in this room is absolutely breathtaking. The things that are audio team did to make this possible it is so incredible because it's like a three-story open space with multiple different zones of spatialized audio it's absolutely incredible and then the thing that our lighting designers did and there's like i think 600 plus tech projects you know like individual projects that our tech team is accounting for in this space it is unreasonable like i don't why does anybody let us do this stuff I mean, I guess because it's really beautiful. But um, I think that 
just knowing everything that had to go into like we were trying to calculate the other day the number of uh, zoom hours per square footage of the building um, and the amount of collaboration that had to happen is unreal and also um, in a room that's just next door to this one there is a, a notebook that's like a field guide for this space and one thing that I love very very deeply is that Katie Kennedy who is one of the Meow Wolf founders and was the creative director for this space um, a lot of the images in the field guide are things that came from her sketchbook while they were developing the project. And so it's so cool to see um, over time the way that things find find their way into the show and into the world. That's so amazing. It looks so gorgeous. How about how about Justin Martin? Yeah, I you know, I have to I have to credit, you know, uh, like I had just said that, that Katie Kennedy uh, was responsible for that room. And I got to credit uh, our, our senior creative director, uh, Chad Nye Everett, uh, as you know, this is uh, one of my, well, I should say also with that, I can't pick a favorite. This place is too crazy. Like I love all of them. Um, but I think if I had to pick one, it is, it's going to be C Street. Um, when, when you get into the building after you, uh, you know, board your, uh, your, your transportation vehicle uh, to the multiverse, this is really where you're let out. You're let out to explore C Street. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things I, I kind of said, and I don't know if anybody else uh, in, in the company had used it already, um, but I found this absolutely beautiful and the best way to kind of uh, ex explain what we do and why I love this space is uh, we create the obtainable unknown. And I found that like so beautiful for this space because in this space, it looks like a city street and everything that you explore in it is everything you would not find in the city street to an extent. So like you can kind of see in that back left corner, it's uh, our salon. Um, and inside there, it is uh, a, a alien has come down to earth and figured out, at least they thought, what a salon to humans were. And then they brought it back to their home planet. And uh, now they're giving out uh, interesting hairstyles, let's say, uh, for their, their, their people on their home planet. And it's things like that that are like just so close um, to being something you're familiar with, but also not. But then also it becomes that thing that's like, I didn't know I wanted to experience this, but I absolutely do now. Um, and I kind of found throughout this space, that's kind of what I kept saying to myself. I'd open up a door and go, oh my goodness, this is what, uh, you know, we have a movie theater. What kind of <laughs> movies are playing in here? There's a psychic shop. There is uh, a pet store. A, uh, there's a, a, a CD like back alleyway. There's a nightclub. There is uh, a, a church to cleanliness. Uh, can, uh, we have the convenience store. Um, it's just insane the amount of things on here. Um, so yeah, this one this one's special. And on top of that, like I, I'm like picking out things as I even look at this photo, like the signage. There's over I believe a hundred some odd signs, uh, illuminated, non illuminated, uh, neon, uh, faux neon that are just continuing the story. And there's little things where uh, some of the signs we have uh, La Madrina, which is a lawyer uh, office that you can call through the uh, telephones that are found on the street and uh, you can listen to voicemail. It'll continue the story. It's insane the level of detail that is in here and the, just the layering of story uh, that has been built for these spaces. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my long-winded answer. All of the spaces, but if I had to pick one, it's possible. I mean, you rattled off like an entire city there. I was, yeah, I, it's I, insane. I, it's crazy. Kind of my yeah. ears perked up a bit. I right? Mean, the building looks humongous. I mean, how much larger is this than like Omega Mart? For those that have been in Omega Mart, much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is kind of the granddaddy. Yeah. The big one. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. It's I think if it's it's about four times the size of I think Eternal oh. Return. So oh it's just ab like when I say it's a city street, it's a real city street basically inside of a building inside wow. of the city of Denver. Um it's it's absolutely enormous uh, what is inside there. Is like the nightclub functional or is it more for show? Oh no, it's functional. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it doesn't it can talk about it more than I could as well. It's 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 an artist space that uh, is is functions as our nightclub, uh, but also uh, is a beautiful artist uh, space that uh, has been in development for quite some time. Wow! And actually, you know, I'm going to be laying here and just show uh, how big that building is. Just so everybody sees this. I mean, this is a huge building. Yeah, and. Wow. It's built in the middle of uh, three highway overpasses, which is just also uh, an engineering feat, I think, unto itself. Wow. We was just couldn't make it any easier for ourselves. <laughs> that was a, a purpose-built building, right? That, that didn't exist before, Correct. and you didn't adapt it, right? It's purpose-built. Correct, yeah. Wow. Okay, wow. I mean, the, the, the stadium in the background looks like a dwarf there. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, well... Uh, Stussy, Justin Stussy, why don't you uh, ask, ask the same question? Like, what's a, a great spot that you're proud of, or one of the highlights? I know, I know, it's hard to pick because you love everybody. Um, but <laughs> what, what about you? What's, what's your favorite spot? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I can't say per se with with the the 24 projects that I supported because I love all of them. That's the political answer. No, actually, I do love all of them, and I'm really proud of all of them. Um, and they all speak uh, to me in different ways. But this one in particular, I really love. Um, and I think it's because it kind of, it just really sort of in inspired this idea of how beautiful and amazing maximalism can be. Uh, Justin, Martin, remind me, this was Matt King and who, who else was, was on this on this one? Um, oh, it was Matt King and, oh. Um, oh, who else was on? It was so many, uh, Lisa Sun I know helped out with this one. Uh, Chadney was involved. Uh, yeah. It, like Emily Reynolds was one of the show manners. Uh, yeah, I believe Sandra was involved in this. Um, yeah, this this piece is like just so it's so sick. It's so um, and and I love the story behind it about how it came to be. But when you're kind of in that space, it not only um, is cool to look at to take a picture, but also it 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 compels you to want to explore. Um, so you kind of get into the curatorial aspect of, you know, the books that are there, what are, you know, what are they, you know, what are the titles? Um, how, how is this thing constructed? You know, how do I feel when I'm sitting in this space? Um, what does this all mean? Where am I? Um, and it really is just a really incredible moment that is so much more than just a place to take a picture or just a thing to just glance at, but to really experience and take in all of, all the thoughts and the, the ideas that went into creating it. I think with uh, collaborating artists, what I'm most proud of, and, and I did not have anything to do with this, but I was most proud to be part of it, was just the all of the cultural stories that that's told in the exhibition. Um, you know, there's everything from uh, Native American uh, uh, narrative um, communication uh, with um, Indigenous Futurist Dreamscape Lounge, Molina Speaks, um, there's there's just a lot of really personal uh, work that um, the collaborating artists have put into the space to communicate a piece of their heart and their perspective on the world, um, as well as sharing the beauty of, of their craft. And um, it, it's something that, you know, I was just so proud to to play a part in supporting that effort. Um, and it, I think it's just super amazing that, that Meow Wolf was just really supportive of these artists um, exploring in so many different directions. I think there was 
um, around a, a thousand people who were uh, who got the opportunity um, to uh, submit uh, creative proposals about two or three years ago in these multiple uh, events that Meow Wolf held. Um, and during that time, I think the, the intent was to really try to reach out to communities and to get in touch with individuals that, um, you know, we may not have uh, otherwise been able to get in touch with. So um, for the manifestation of that to be what it is today is just really beautiful and it's really amazing. I don't know, I just encourage everyone when they, when they come see it, to really spend time, you know, in these rooms, you know, get your pictures, but definitely look at the work. Think about what the work um, might be trying to say to you, think about how it, like, you know, makes you feel or makes you think, and, um, and take that emotional journey uh, with the artists, because it definitely is baked into those walls. I'll tell you what, I, hearing you guys talk about this and seeing all the pictures, and I, I didn't look away. I watched everything. <laughs> caved. Uh, and you, but, and uh, we'll, let's meet in Denver. We'll just fly to Denver and meet. Well, I mean, like, I was, like, literally, like, looking at flights, like, while you were talking, like. <laughs> yes. From the Denver. Yeah. Like, I want to go, video like, next no week. justice to it as well. That's the crazy. Like, next, well. I want to yeah. go, like, next week. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. No. I mean, Justin, so beautifully put, beautifully put. So um, we have tons of your questions that have come in. So I want to, we're going to get to as many as we can. If anybody has any questions, go ahead and throw them in the comment section on Facebook and YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast, just keep listening. Don't go anywhere. Um, let's go ahead and do it. So uh, from Luke Roberts, uh, thanks for the insight. Super interesting. Do you foresee any of these stories finding their way into the outside world? VR, graphic novels, TV film, you know, metaverse stuff. What do you think? Totally. Yeah, I can speak to this one. I mean, of course, as a uh, community and company of artists that work in a lot of different media, there's always a desire to tell our story in new channels. Um, there's a lot that I can't speak to in terms of what the company is specifically planning, but I can tell you that, you know, in 2019, my colleague Leo Brown and I and our buddy Jerome Morrison, we worked on The Owl Outside, which was an out-of-exhibit narrative-driven scavenger hunt. We did two cases of it in Santa Fe. It was kind of like Meow Wolf X-Files, where there were flyers around town, or you could get business cards from docents at the House of Eternal Return. And if you called this phone number, you would start receiving text message clues that led you to different locations around the city of Santa Fe, where there was art made by other people that we wanted to direct folks to. Like the Santa Fe Community College is an amazing um, art area. There's so much stuff all over the campus. But if you're in Santa Fe, it's kind of out of the way. And so we were basically um, trying to use um, like the momentum around Meow Wolf and all of this story content that we have to be able to direct people um, to other art that was out out in in the public and basically create more of a platform for artists to be sharing their work. So um, there's definitely more desire to do things like that in the future. Um, right now we have um, what is it called? There is a like convergent station memory kiosk yes. that has been showing up at Union Station and a couple of other places around Denver in person. And there's some experience related to that as well. There, You may or may not have heard about flyers showing up in the Denver community. And so I think that's all I can say about that for now. But we have a lot of really exciting stuff planned for the future. Cool. I can tell you one thing I would love to see. I would love to see a Meow Wolf cruise ship experience. Uh, or I'm just I'm trapped on this Meow Wolf cruise ship and all there is to do is experience the art and the installations 
and you know not getting off of just a cruise to nowhere like just around the caribbean uh, or wherever uh, we just like living in meow wolf that sounds really fun let's uh, let's rent a sailboat and play test it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm in i'm in yeah. <laughs> or you, or you just get locked in yeah. get locked in convergence station for a weekend and there's actors everywhere um so we have another question um so one thing that's very unique about omega mart is that there are tons of merchandise in that supermarket space right i mean literally hundreds of thousands no i don't know if it's that much but there's a lot um and so we have a question from another one from james wallman um are you doing merch and virch i don't know what virch is but that's not like virtual merch i presume that's cool based on the artwork too question mark anybody have any commentary or can uh, address that yeah, I know. I, I, I spent a good amount of money this weekend at the gift shop myself. Um, and a lot of it is artwork that you can find in the exhibit is now merchandise as well. So uh, sitting on my fridge right now is uh, there's a couple of our signage uh, pieces from uh, City Street that have um, we have a neon tooth uh, that is it flickers back and forth. Uh, one version of it, it is uh, sitting there all sad. And then when it flicks to the other uh, lights or neon strips, uh, it is very happy and it is being blessed with toothpaste. Um, weird stuff like that. That's a magnet that does the exact same thing that could sit on your fridge. So we've definitely taken a lot of the designs that both our internal team have created because there's some incredible stuff, um, but also taking uh, the the artwork of some of our artists and placing them in in the uh, the gift shop as well. So you can there are different opportunities for for that. And we I think rotate through quite a bit of the stuff as well. So uh, sometimes when you're there, there'll be one thing, and then there's another artist that's being featured uh, with different prints or uh, wearable merchandise, magnets, all that fun stuff. Um, the merchandise uh, that our team pulls out uh, always. Uh, you know, ceases to amaze me. And that's why I spent so much money this weekend. Because <laughs> I was like, I can't, I need this on my fridge. This is amazing. Do you guys, have you, have you guys made or considered making like a traditional like art book, you know, like the art direction, art design of Meow Wolf, like they do for film and games and animation and things like that? Yeah, I mean, for the House of Eternal Return, they had trading cards that had like the stats of a bunch of the different artists who had worked on the project. And there's definitely been talk about doing um, some sort of book over time. But what we have mostly found is that, um, you know, maximalism, it has its pros and it has its cons. And one of its cons is that there are so many people that have touched Meow Wolf and that have contributed to it that how would we decide? Like either the book would have to be as tall as I am or we would have to do some really difficult work in terms of curating it. So mostly what we do now is um, we've been in the development of a whole like credits website as part of the Meow Wolf website that actually lists and links out to all of the artists who have worked on the various exhibits. And so right now that's one of the approaches we're taking. Um, and then there's also all sorts of like mini documentaries that come out. Um, and as Justin was saying, sometimes artist books that are able to show up um, in the exhibit. But yeah, we're a little too like chaotic and all over the place and multifaceted to condense it into one book right now. I'm sure it'll happen at some point. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the artists. You know, we had a question from Monet come in. Do you have a list of artists to see some of their other works? So is there like a list of where you can see all the artists? Yeah, it's, it's cited on uh, on the website. Um, all of the, I, I believe there's, there's over 115 collaborating artists uh, from right here in Colorado um, that uh, it should be listed on, on the website. Hey, Monet. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> you can yeah, email, I was going to ask email to you. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how many how many artists roughly were involved in this, and that's that's incredible. 
all from the Denver area or mostly? It was more than 110 collaborating artists from Denver and more than 200 collaborating artists from within Meow Wolf and elsewhere. But then that doesn't even factor in all of the contractors who did a lot of the theming. Like even those numbers are kind of a sham because there are hundreds of additional people that still touch the project. I've been on um, a side quest in my life as an employee at Meow Wolf to try to get HR to rebrand themselves as the H artists. Um, because, <laughs> you know, I think that especially when you work um, as so many of us in this conversation do in an arts related um, organization, it can be easy for some positions to be more glamorized than others. But at the end of the day, none of it would be possible without the other aspects of what's going on. And I think that if we can all think of ourselves as artists of our trade, even if that trade is finance, you know, that, um, that that's a really beautiful thing. I've struggled with with referring to myself as an artist. I, w I remember I was at Sundance many years ago, uh, and someone was interviewing me and, and referred to me as an artist, and I was just like, Ugh, I, no, I'm not. I'm barely a musician. Like, don't, <laughs> don't label me as, you know, like, I mean, that's, that, that term feels more sacred to me than what I would be included in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So we, we oh, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, no, no. No, okay. So we have a <laughs> I was agreeing with Andy. And that came in from Josiah. When it comes to communicating with vendors, what are some techniques you use to ensure your vision is not compromised while still considering the limits of technology and fabrication? Obviously, this is a pretty broad question. So if you don't want to talk about Meow Wolf, I'm sure um, everyone here has more experience where they can talk about that um, if they don't want to throw any Meow Wolf vendors under the bus. No, yeah. I, I, for vendors, without speaking to who they are in particular, but, you know, they... Uh, a lot of them, I think the, at the beginning, I think uh, a lot of us were a little like, okay, hold on, can they get the, the Meow Wolf look down, basically? Um, and that's a bit of really where my job came in is to make sure that that, that, that language was, you know, transferred uh, to them from our drawings to theirs, basically. So through kind of like I had said earlier, a lot of like sketches, 3D designs, physical models, uh, all that kind of stuff plays a part uh, in explaining to them like, hey, okay, this is what this thing needs to look like. I, like, you know, like I showed the photo earlier of of, uh, of EMEA um, and it was just like, okay, this is an insane like space. How do you even begin to start telling anybody about this? But again, it's through a lot of sketches, all those kinds of things. Uh, and then we even have a, uh, you know, we have a, a massive shop that a lot of the stuff is produced in-house that is then put into the exhibit. But when we don't have those uh, resources, sometimes we do have to outsource those things. Uh, and we take trips all the time to those vendors to go and see, hey, what how's this stuff looking? Uh, when we are first started, uh, we had giant, you know, these five by five, uh, you know, uh, texture sample boards, basically. And then these massive boards that uh, I, I pulled together with our creative directors of like, all right, well, what are the things that we're going to really want to see these vendors do to make sure that we can hit the mark with them? So went down uh, to, to their shop and sat with them for a week. And we watched them develop these boards and, and kind of talk about, hey, this is what we want the brick to look like. It's not normal brick. It's alien sparkly brick. I don't know. Then um, you kind of really sit there and, and, and not necessarily hold their hand because they're just as much as artists as as, as we are. Um, but kind of, you know, working with them to go, you know, hey, this is what we need this to look like. This is, you know, do you have any ideas? You know, and, and kind of just having that collaborative effort. Um, and then on top of that, you know, yeah, we, we pull together in the fields uh, based on a lot of those drawings, and uh, and we go we go on from there. Cool. Well, um, uh, Justin, Susie, I mean, you must have a lot of experience as well with uh, vendors. Anything to add to that? 
Um, you know, communication is is key, right? It's um, and from my from my perspective and my practice, it's really understanding um, how people, how the other individual or other individuals like to communicate, and it's getting inscribed with that. Um, and so um, it's shifting the language. Sometimes it's using language differently. Um, it's expanding my own language. Um, and it's listening more than talking usually um, so that the information that's shared back is um, uh, concise because um, sometimes too much information can be too much. Um, and yeah, so for me, it's just really about just understanding the communication style of the individuals that, that I'm working with um, and ensuring that I'm, I'm speaking the same language that, that they understand. Could I, I add something to that too? Because I actually think this is such a beautiful question um, that I we spend a ton of time thinking about, not just in terms of like how do we um, ensure that we have a shared vision with our vendors, but how do we make sure that we have a shared vision with the rest of our teammates? It is kind of like playing a game of interdimensional telephone where you know someone's come up with something years before and it has to be translated through multiple different um, uh, fields of expertise before it actually becomes something real. And something I love that we've been doing more recently is guided visualizations related to projects. So, you know, we, of course, try to think about um, how do people intake information? What are the multiple modes of that? How can we have things not just be text, but be visual? But then um, we've, at least on the team that I'm on, we've really been focusing on how can we collectively daydream? Like, how can we get to a place where we know that we're lucid dreaming with one another? And so we've tried um, more experimental storytelling methods and guided visualizations specifically to try to all like quantum travel to the exhibit before it's open so that we can be there together and try to explore it from a place of already having visited sort of thing. Wow, gotcha. Cool. Well, you know, I mean, we, we I have another question, but um, this is kind of more of a personal question. We, we work in an industry where, you know, Andy just wrapped up a project, I wrapped up a project in Nickelodeon, and sometimes things wrap up and you're available. Um, <laughs> So to anybody here, you know, what's the future for you? You know, um, uh, what are you currently doing? What do you want to do? Or, you know, just really an open-ended topic of that. Why don't we start with Laika and we'll go through the Justins after that. Awesome. Um, well, I'm so excited to be continuing uh, my journey as the lead experience designer at Meow Wolf. And some of the next things that we're going to be working on are um, revisiting the Vegas exhibit now that it's been open for a while and adding back in some of the interactivity that we um, you know, didn't have time for, that didn't work out when we first opened the exhibit for one reason or another, which is super, super exciting. And then um, the the uh, like projects that I work on on the side outside of Meow Wolf are um, like designing transformational experiences for small audiences. So again, I'm calling them waking dreams. Uh, the company that I run sometimes does this in psychedelic safe spaces and sometimes does this in other um, somewhat ritualistic environments as well. Um, so that is something that I care really, really deeply about. Like how can we find, um, you know, if we think about a spectrum from entertainment pure entertainment like Candy Crush to self-help and healing. How can we find the middle ground of all of this? Because there is so much potency and magic to this um, this kind of work. So yeah, more Meow Wolf, more excitement, more amazing dreams for the future. And then on the side, more um, personal in-depth uh, exploration of the ways in which experience design can create um, deeper meaning making for people, uh, both in like psychedelic safe spaces and also in hospice care. 
Wow. Oh, I'd love to go to one of your psychedelic safe spaces one day. So me too. Yeah. Me too, um, for sure. Well, Justin Martin, how about you? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's it's like a weird bittersweet thing because uh, I've been with Meowl for a little over two years now. Um, and as of really, I guess about a couple of weeks ago, uh, that time did come to an end. Uh, I was I was brought on uh, it's like on the craziest journey in my life to, to build Convergence yeah. Station uh, and couldn't be prouder of it. Uh, and now it's kind of just out there seeing well, what the heck's out there. What what like I we were at our uh, friends and family party um this past weekend and I was chatting with everybody and the same question came up. So like, you know, what's next? And the hard part is like, how do you top this? And it, it's not possible. This is, this is probably one of the coolest things I'll ever get to be a part of. And I'm incredibly grateful, but it's really finding out, you know, where, you know, where's the next thing that's, you know, interesting to me. Um, you know, we got to build a concert venue in here, uh, a gift shop, a cafe, an overall experience. Uh, so it's kind of broadened my landscape of like, well, what else is there that is out there that's maybe not as traditional theme park, maybe uh, as I'm used to uh, prior to this whole, you know, crazy adventure. Um, what else is out there? So like what, you know, experimental marketing or, uh, you know, just different pop-up events or uh, concert venue design, like what, what else is out there? So I have no plan right now. I'm just kind of <laughs> taking a little bit of a break, uh, taking a breather, a lot of sleep. Um, but, you know, looking really for the next, uh, the next crazy thing that's out there. Uh, so okay. if you guys ever know of anything, let me know. Uh, yeah, how could how could you possibly go back to to designing speed rails and queues again after this? Right? I know it's like you know Jurassic <laughs> World was a great project, but I mean like I you know they, they, I can't top giant aliens that are making hair salons. With this it's yeah. not possible. Um, so <laughs> so we'll we'll see what else is exciting out there. Justin, I have to say you know Denver is not known for being a hotbed of themed entertainment. So you you've moved to LA and are available in LA. Um, yeah, just to know where you're looking. Yeah, my marketing pitch. Uh, if you are looking to find me, you can find me on uh, www.justinmartindesign.com, and I'm here in LA uh, looking for a new gig. Um, so if, if you got anything, reach out. <laughs> well, we'll have to come over to the studio for a drink. I'm probably right down the street from you. Yeah. We probably are. I'll come on over. <laughs> <laughs> and then Justin Stussy, how, how about you? With that super sophisticated background behind you. Yeah, you know, and it's three dimensional. <laughs> um, yeah, so my partner and I, we just we just got a place here in Denver, so we're permanent residents here in Denver. But um, uh, I'm I'm entering into a season of rest and reflection, um, and uh, you know, the the past year with life as a whole of everything that uh, has happened, in addition to um, uh, creating this incredible exhibition with these wonderful people. Um, it's been a lot. So I'm taking some time to really sort of digest um, everything that has happened uh, to really um, try to see what makes sense um, for me next. Uh, in my free time, I've been writing uh, an immersive musical event slightly as um, therapy to some of the things that have transpired in the past year. But really, um, uh, the, the goal with the project is... Um, it, it's it's around this this concept of uh, ontological design, which is to you know you can change behavior by uh, changing the way that you build the world around you. So um, creating experiences that are intentionally designed to make us better people, um, to learn how to be uh, better to one another, more loving to one another. Um, outside of that, um, just resting, playing with the cat bunny, and uh, hopefully um, getting into something that uh, allows me to uh, spread my creative wings as well as my um my producing chops 
and uh, bring more incredible experiences into the world. So yeah, and hopefully come back to Meow Wolf one day. I love Meow Wolf. It's, it's an amazing organization. If you're interested in working for Meow Wolf, apply. It's a great company. That's great, Justin. Um, yeah, well, I, sorry, go ahead, Andy. Before I, I, I ask a question of our friends in the chat real quick, is that okay? Yeah. Um, I'm super curious for anyone who, who's watching, if you would be willing to give a one word response to why you are in this industry or like why you do the work that you're doing. I think that would be so amazing to see just, yeah, why, why y'all are here and, and making stuff. No, that's a great question. Actually, there is a, like a 20 second delay. So while we wait for those responses, I'm going to ask you one question and one question only. Um, what is your one word? about why you entered the industry and why you're here and what you enjoy and matter. Well, right. we'll no. go with uh, Leica first, cause you did ask everybody about it. <laughs> I know it's my fault, right? I gotta, I gotta ante up. Um, my one word answer would be dreams. Dreams. Yeah, big, big Stussy. dreams. Stussy, one word. Uh, <laughs> what was that? Sorry, what was that? One, one more time. Ah. Community. Yeah. Community. Okay, brilliant. Martin, Justin Martin. I, definitely, it's, it's. I think it's probably magic. Magic. Okay. And then we have James, who's put lots of words in. <laughs> Quality of life. <laughs> it's funny, good people. Experientialism uh, rocks. Uh, Jeremy, those are all. Those are. That's Justin all more Martin. than one word. Justin Martin. <laughs> one word, but just several words again. We get forward from Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan S. Uh, and then Luke Roberts said Wonder, which was I thought was pretty beautiful. Amazing. Andy, Andy, over to you. What, what's your answer to that question? Uh, mine is emotions. Emotions, okay. I, I write music to make people feel emotions, and that's what I love doing. And especially in the service of a story, which is why I, I got into this business in the first place. Gorgeous. That's great. Imagination. We have imagination from... Uh, Lilia Deering, which is fantastic. I'm going to say, like, uh, oh, empowerment from Maverick. And then uh, money from Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy's honest, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great. Uh, okay, we got another one. Why not? Uh, James, sorry, too, ma too many words, but materialism transforms standards of living. Experientialism with transform quality of life. Think what quality of life will be like in 2021. This is where this is heading. Transcendence from coal. Mm -hmm. right? mm, I love uh, that one. Adventure from Kara! 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 <laughs> 2121. Okay, that's, that was a uh, typo. Maybe James has had too many cocktails. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I think that like um, for me, it's like family, which is when you go to themed entertainment and experiential. You, you, no matter if your friends, family, or chosen family, whatever it is, you, you know, you feel like you're you're together and experiencing something together. And I've, I really, I've always appreciated that. Um, so that's fantastic. Well, you know, this has been a fantastic show. We, we've been excited. We've been planning this for literally two years. The second Justin um, came on the network, and I said, "Oh, you're working on Meow Wolf." Well, we're gonna get you back to talk about Meow Wolf. Here we are. You followed your word. Really appreciated that you you were all willing to come on. Um, you know, and you know, I, well, we had a. I'm going to ask you one last question, and then we're going to we're going to head out. Um, you know, it's been a pretty a pretty radical year. Uh, things are not so. It's tough out there, right? We know that. Um, but you just came off a pretty amazing project. 
Um, is there any, any like words of wisdom you have to out there, you know, your final thought, this is your Jerry Springer final thought um, that you can tell out the world. And we'll start with uh, Justin Martin. Oh man, I was afraid you were gonna go to me first. Um, <laughs> I guess really the, the the biggest piece of advice is like you know yeah you were uh, you, you hit it on the head there with uh, it's a different world that uh, we're in now that uh, compared to even when I came on the show two years ago or whenever it was um, really like continue to make art. Uh, it, the art doesn't always have to be. Um, as I've learned, uh, the traditional theme park sense of the word, uh, you know, when it comes to themed entertainment, like creating experiences, like Andy even had said, uh, the emotion, like create work that is going to inspire others. Um, and that can be through immersive theater, uh, crazy art experiences like this, uh, whatever it could be, um, like continue to, you know, create the most amazing work you can possibly make. Um, and if it's got emotion attached to it, you're going to connect with a whole lot of people uh, and it's going to it's going to impact them pretty profoundly. Over to you. Cool. Um, I assume that means me because my face is on the screen now, right? Uh, <laughs> Smooth. <cool. laughs> That's me. Um, I think that something that has felt most alive for me in this work recently is the idea that the approach to the thing is the thing itself. Kind of like I was talking about earlier, like if we make it to the opening of the Denver exhibit, but we don't want to be around each other anymore, that feels failure. And so pretty much everything that I've been thinking about and practicing is this sort of long form meditation about how am I showing up in the spaces that I'm in? What energy do I have when I'm making the work that we make together? Because I really believe that that translates to people. Like I believe that the more um, joy and wonder and play that we can have while we're creating the experience that more people will experience that as well. Um, and so I, I very recently got to train um, some of the creative operators who are coming in to bring the, the Convergent Station exhibit to life. And it was so amazing to be with them and to talk about the idea that we are entering into a collective daydream. And if we, as the people who are running the exhibit, are not immersed and engaged in the world around us, then no one who comes will be able to do that either. And so we need to all be on the same page. We need to be dreaming with one another. We need to be bringing the kind of energy that we want to communicate to people. The entire way through the process um, or else something is lost in translation. So yeah, the, yes, as above, so below kind of thing. Amazing. Um, for me, I, I'd say it's probably that, um, you know, I had and have everything that I needed in order to be successful um, in times when I felt like I was not being successful um, and uh, that you have everything within you uh, to be successful, um, that you may not need what you think you need. You may not need what somebody else has. You may not need what you've been told that you need, but it's important to follow your heart. It's, uh, it's important to always have a heart for people, I believe, um, and that uh, we really do create the world around us and to be very intentional about how and what we create. Well, beautiful. Well, uh, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us and sharing sharing this. I mean, this is a special preview. This experience opens on the 17th, so this is quite an exclusive. We really appreciate you all um, sharing this before it happens. Um, so much for thank you, on Andy. Obviously, anything anything else to say before we wrap up shop here? 
I, this has just been more than I ever dreamed it would be. You know, I was so excited about the the show and so excited about the the, ex, uh, the exhibit and the attraction, and I, I'm definitely going to go in the next couple weeks, I'm sure. Uh, but like it. Uh, it was so wonderful to to hear all your stories and your insight and your experiences uh and it you know it just sounded like you know you know you talk about being in a dream state and in lucid dreaming and all this you know visualization and all that it's just like you know uh i think that i i it sounds like it was literally a dream to work on this project and you know i i justin i i feel your your pain, you know, the bittersweet pain of like, am I going to top this? How am I ever going to top this? And, you know, I, uh, maybe you won't, maybe you will. I mean, hopefully, I mean, yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can top this show. <laughs> All right, we're packing up. We're done here, folks. We are no longer doing TV. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I just, it was just so wonderful. You guys were so wonderful. Justin Stussy yeah. and Justin Martin and, and like, a, you're just, it was just so wonderful to talk to you and hear your stories and experiences and the pictures and the videos and everything. It was just, just so wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, the yeah. pleasure is so mutual. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Come right. visit. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, sorry. We're, all, we're all gonna hang out one day to in person and, and do some psychedelics it sounds like so I think <laughs> sounds great <laughs> yeah we, we won't broadcast that episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're already doing it right now man <laughs> i appreciate all you coming out now folks listening out there if you're watching out there make sure you subscribe to our youtube facebook share our content we rely on the viewers sign up for our newsletter join our slack community uh, and of course, you know, keep on doing those themed experiences. Um, and you know, here we have a little bit of a treat for you. We're going to go ahead and play that first footage that we did in the very beginning of the show for those of you that may not have been here. So we're going to close with that. Enjoy another sneak peek of the Convergence Station. Thanks, everybody. Thanks again, everybody. It was amazing. Yeah, bye, y'all.